Welcome to the Freedom Frontline Podcast. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, completely unfiltered, and completely uncensored. Today I sat down and talked to Tanya. She is a herbalist and truth seeker who specializes in natural healing and is an absolute wealth of knowledge in regards to nature's ability to heal our bodies. Today she gives us some insight into current events and also gives some insight into big pharma shortcomings. This episode is absolutely amazing and I highly suggest that you listen up. Here we go. thanks how are you i'm good i'm good i am well so i guess uh i know my entire audience knows you but you might as well tell us a little bit about yourself yeah i guess i'm known as tanya the herbalist i got into uh herbalism when it came to helping you know recover my mom who nearly succumbed to the pharma industry and they pretty much left her to die and then i tried to find her an alternative method and fell into plant medicine and started researching and it just never stopped. Once I started, it never stopped from there. Yeah. So how long you been doing this? Since 2017. So four years now. Well, it's been a while. And I guess that that was due to your mom, like what she was just on a bunch of pharmaceuticals messing her up and. Well, she's got a rare disease called neurofibromatosis. So it's like, it's um, her 25 year old sister died from it. Her dad died from it. So it's, it's something that was genetic and it's tumors throughout your body, but it's in the nerves. So it's a really, really painful one. Ugh. And um, so essentially the only thing that they can do for her was eventually put her on narcotics. And so she started on heavy narcotics. She was on oxys and you know, the worse her pain got, the more they would just increase her dosage. Typical. And then after years, you know, she, she was put on so many more medications because of the side effects of these medications, right? So they also had combined it with Ziplocone, which is a sleeping pill. Mm-hmm. And my friend who's a pharmacist immediately was like, you cannot mix oxys with Ziplocone. And right, it, it causes like hallucinations and this and that. And all of that was happening. It was really bad. And it got to the point where she she wasn't coherent anymore. Right, like right. you'd be lucky to have a conversation with her. She'd be in and out of like consciousness. You'd be in the middle of a conversation with her and she's falling asleep, like totally out of it. But the worst part is, is her doctor of like 25 years was treating her like she was a junkie when, you know, and, and that wasn't the case at all. She was just looking for pain management. And eventually I totally broke down, right? I was grieving my mom while she was physically still alive. And yeah. um, from there, that's when I had a total breakdown. I took time off work. I, I literally was suffering from severe anxiety and insomnia and everything. And I started to just pray very hard and go into nature and try to meditate and ground myself and do whatever I can until I had that kind of epiphany moment and realized that there must be something else that I can do for her. And then when I started to look into plant medicine, I realized, oh my goodness, there's, there's a lot that can actually be done for her compared to what we've been made to believe. And then the rest became history. My mom's off of her narcotics now, which I had mentioned before, like the doctors were like, there's no way we want to test your blood. There's no way you got off of it. She's like, no, I, I did. 
and they were blown away. They're like, oh, okay, like this does never happen. And she's like, yeah, well, you left me to die. So I don't care. Cause they wanted to do like studies on her and everything. And she's like, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not going to take part of this. You guys pretty much left me and thanks. Of course. I'm done with them, so. And I mean, at the end of the day, what, what were they going to tell her? You know, like you had, you had treated her as though, you know, she was a junkie and you know, this has also happened to uh, quite a few people that I know actually where they had prescribed them something for pain that they knew was going to be extremely addictive and then they got addicted and all of a sudden, you know, when they're like, oh, well, now I'm addicted and I need to up my dose. It's like, oh, well, uh, you know, women in your age bracket are typically, you know, and it's like, dude, <laughs> you did this, <laughs> right? Like, well, my, my mom was young, too. Like, I'm talking about like mid 40s. Oh, man. Right. So so that's the thing is my mom's only like about 21 years older than I am. She had us pretty young. So, you know, this happened when I was 20, around 25, 26, 26, right. 27 is when I got really bad. So you're talking about like, she's not that much older. She was like her late forties at, at the most. So it was, it was tough. Like she was, it wasn't a way to live when she's just, all of her grandkids are just being born and she's yeah. not able to spend time with them. My mom didn't come to my engagement party. Like she couldn't, you know, so a lot of very important life events she wasn't able to go to, but she was still physically alive, which was making it worse because the, the guilt of not being able to be, yeah. you know, at these life events was killing her. So yeah but now she's like yes she's still sick she's in a lot of pain she's not always like getting out and about but we go to see her she plays with the kids and she Perfect. laughs and we joke and you know what i mean she'll call me every single day and say why don't you call me today and stuff so it's really nice to be able to have those conversations now yeah no doubt no doubt and i guess uh you know you can attribute you know almost all of that to just plant medicines 100 percent. like i mean it has a lot to do with the mind power as well because i feel like by right using her as my guinea pig, what started to happen is she started to, I think, snap out of the hypnosis and realize that you're right. There is another way she had kind of accepted right. that there was no other way. And when she started to open that up, it's like her mind kind of took over to saying, no, no, there's another way. I'm not going to let this take over. I, I do believe it. So through plant medicine and a lot of the, you know, the tonics and mixtures I was making her were helping her realize, okay, wait, it is actually soothing some of my pain. So maybe I can kind of wean myself off of some of the medications right. Now, for her to obviously get off completely off of her narcotics. She did go into like a facility actually overseas in the middle East where they had like intravenously were like giving her like, you know, um, like detoxing her blood, like blood transfusions, detoxing her that way, just to try and help with the withdrawals. Cause obviously anyone coming off of oxys, the withdrawals are very, very, oh, yeah. very severe. And within, within weeks, not even, she was like going through kind of withdrawals, but was very like, I'll deal with it. Anything is better than the way I was, I've been living. So. Right. So now this actually ties into, uh, you know, the, the, the topic I wanted to kind of get into you with, and that was, you know, what are the things that we can do as a society to kind of get off of all these fucking prescription drugs that we're on? Because even if you look at a place like the US, right, they make up 5% of the world's population and consume like 45% of all pharmaceuticals made, which is insane to me, and right? Canada's, like, Canada's not we're no far better. behind. It's just no because better. of the population difference is why yeah. it's such a higher percentage, right? Because they're, they're 10 times more than Canada's population. But Canada's there too. And the thing is, is I can understand why some people may, may need it for immediate, you know, temporary relief. And I can get that. Right. But what people need to start doing is getting back more aligned with their natural instincts and learning about, you know, nature all around them. So a lot of people don't recognize that, 
you know, if you, when, as soon as you step outside on your front lawn, there's medicine right there on your doorstep, you know, and people will treat it like weeds and they try to like, you know, put pesticides and all these chemicals on it because they don't want it to grow. And they're not realizing that you've got medicine on your doorstep. But what's even more interesting is usually the plants that you need to help common ailments within your, like your, your society and your area is growing like abundantly all around you. So for example, like seasonal allergies, right? Everyone takes their reactant and their Claritin and all of these, you know, Benadryl and medications and stuff mm-hmm. over the counter drugs to try and suppress the symptoms. And it tends to work, but what happens is you have to take higher dosages to make right. it actually more and more effective. Whereas you go outside right now, I'm in Ottawa and you've got goldenrod and hyssop and, you know, nettles and all that growing like crazy. And ironically, those are the exact plants that also help with seasonal allergies. So it's like a lot of the times is whatever is really around you. Same thing with Lyme disease. Lyme disease in Ottawa has been huge where I always recommend Japanese knotweed tinctures and same thing. Japanese knotweed grows abundantly, you know? So a lot of people are not recognizing that literally nature communicates with us so much so that it creates the cures yeah. that you need all around of you, course. but you don't notice it. Yeah. I mean, even, even right now, when you're looking at, uh, you know, something like this, you know, man-made patented spike protein and nature still has a cure. It's almost like it knew, Always. right. But yeah. let's, uh, let's actually touch on Lyme disease for a minute because, sure. uh, as somebody who hunts, I deal with ticks a lot. Um, now typically I just use like a tick spray. I kind of know where to step or not to step. Um, the place that I Turkey hunt though, is it's just infested out there. And, um, anybody who's done even, you know, a couple hours of research will realize that Lyme disease is 100% man-made. It was, you know, ticks, ticks were what was man-made. So therefore Lyme disease was man-made hundred percent. So it's, it's one of these very strange things now where, you know, there's so many people contracting Lyme disease and for whatever reason, Canada seems to have this very weird inability to not be able to pinpoint the symptoms of Lyme disease, but then all you have to do is cross the border to the U S and they have one singular test they that will tell you do, immediately. Yeah, they don't do the same testing in Canada. Even my sister has got Lyme disease and she had to f- send her tests over to Germany who figured it out. And the, the reason being is because in Canada, when you take the testing, if it doesn't match two separate tests, then they don't consider it Lyme. Whereas anywhere else, as long as it's got one of them, they consider it Lyme. Um, but it's, yeah, it's running rampant right now, you know, and yeah. it's, it's a hundred percent a man-made pandemic of its own. Now, do I believe that there's obviously natural stuff for it? A hundred percent. I think there's stuff that you can do naturally. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's, it's an autoimmune disease, right? So the body attacks itself and this is what they try to do with all of the conditions. So everything from Lyme to MS to, uh, you know, to the cytokine storm that they say could potentially happen right. for those that have been vaccinated from COVID is your body goes into overdrive attacking itself, thinking that, you know, it's got a foreign substance in the body and it's trying to remove it while it's actually attacking its own body. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in regards to Lyme disease, what are some of the, um, you know, treatments that you would, uh, advise naturally instead of the plethora of, you know, junk that they're going to give you and tell you to be putting into yourself? Well, I actually have a book and the main, main thing, obviously there's a number of different things. I won't get into it now, but the main thing is Japanese knotweed tincture. Perfect. Um, that is the main thing that they say helps with Lyme disease on a number of different levels. Hmm. And his name is, oh, I can't believe it. 
Dr. Stephen, I can't remember the last name, but he wrote pretty much it's a book called Healing Lime. And it's mm. and it's a fantastic book. And I've created uh, Japanese knotweed for my sister and everything as well. But there's also herbs like lemon balm. Um, nettles is a fantastic herb as well for them. So mm. there's different things that you can do. But Japanese knotweed is the main, you know, superhero almost for Lyme disease. Awesome. Amazing. So in regards to the, you know, kind of... Uh you know, foraging what's in your front lawn and utilizing that kind of stuff. Like I know our neighbors think we're nuts because I'm constantly picking the dandelion and they're right? like, I'm using that stuff. I dry it out. I turn it into tinctures. I use it in teas, uh, even like mugwort. I'll just go into my garden. People think it's just a weed. It's like, no man, like you can take some of this and alleviate, you know, everything from stomach ulcers to, you know, trip balls and have vivid dreams, right? Like it, it does a whole bunch of different things depending on the dosage. But right. you would just you'd see it as this annoying weed that just sits into your front lawn. So um, what are some of the benefits of these? And also, what is the benefit of just kind of being able to identify basic plants? You know, it's I mean, it never really stops learning about identifying plants, even like for myself. It's a lot of trial and error. Right. There was one time this is a couple of years ago where I was totally convinced that it was a nice, big, beautiful plant of lemon balm, but it was, it was, it was actually like a baby it was growing. So it hadn't had the stems to be able to tell that it was actually stinging nettles, oh. you know, like the roots. And I quickly like grabbed a bunch of it and I burned my hand, right? It feels like shards wow. in your hand. And I quickly learned that this is stinging nettles, but a lot of times it's trial and error, but yeah. it's, there's so many books on plant identification. And I actually, in one of my, my courses, cause I, I have the medicinal herb guide for beginners that I sell for $7, but then, um, there's upsells from there where it lets them know like everything from plant identification and all that. And it's really interesting because there's sometimes you just look at the leaf and you could tell, but there's, it's, you're right. Start off. I always say, just start off by three and really get to know those three, you know, whether it's, it's dandelion. Yes. Okay. That seems pretty basic. Well, there's dandelion. I've got burdock all over the place here, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. You see milk thistle, things like that. Um, even even uh, red raspberry leaf, right? Everyone yeah. knows what a raspberry leaf looks like, but they don't recognize that the leaves are such a powerful herb. Yeah, they just pick um, the plant off and walk away, right? 100%. 100%. And so I always say to start with three, get to know those three. When you get to know those three, pick another three, move on to another three, you know? So, you know, I started, like I have a huge mullein, plant in the back of my, in my backyard, which is one of my favorite herbs because it's incredible for the lungs. Yeah. And once you know what that looks like, you can never forget it because it's so, um, it's like one big velvet, like plant. Yeah. Mullen's yeah. one that you can dry and actually smoke, right? Like if you, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. You could smoke it and it's good for the lungs. As I, well. I know a couple things here, Tanya. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love it. I love it. So yeah, you could smoke mullen. It's, it's good. I, I used yeah. to sometimes actually smoke it before I had my son. Um, it's really, especially for ex-smokers, because I was an ex-smoker. I right. used to smoke cigarettes for a very long time. And a lot of people are like, what? And I was same, like, I know. Same. And I stopped when I became pregnant, when I was pregnant. Um, and obviously, you know, given my lifestyle now, I never picked it back up again. Right. Um, but it's really good, actually, mixed with passion flower. Passion flower is like the ultimate really? herb that can, if you smoke it, can actually help cigarette smokers wean off of their, their nicotine addiction. It's this fantastic herb. So, um, just, just touching on that topic, actually. Um, so typically when people smoke, uh, you know, everybody thinks that what you want to do is kind of just get all that tar out of your lungs. And what I try to remind them is like, look, although that tar will expel itself pretty quickly, like it doesn't really last a very long time. It's the scar tissue in, in all of your, your small airways. 
And as somebody who, uh, here's a little secret. This is my first year of my life, not consuming nicotine since I was 15. Wow, good for this you. is the first yeah. year I just, beginning of this year was just like, you know what? Like, I, I don't like how I feel. I don't like being cranky when I don't have it. Like I just, right. and, and said that was it. And I tried the vaping for like two years. Um, yeah, I don't agree and, and I noticed that fucked up my lungs way more than the cigarettes did. So now even when I'm in, you know, the garage or it's powder you know, form, right. And I, I'm, I'm kickboxing and then I, you know, come back in and, you know, do heavy weightlifting. I'm finally now just starting to be able to kind of, I, I don't know how to explain it. There's like this certain point where, you know, my heart rate will get up to like, you know, 140, 150. And then all of a sudden my lungs feel like they're just tanked. And I know what that is. I can almost feel the damage. I don't get that lung burn because I just can't get that I can't get to that capacity to get those lungs to burn anymore. So the vaping obviously did something. So I think something like this, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to look. Well, the into. thing is, is I, I mean, smoking is like, it's funny. I actually, I founded a company called herbal smokes shop. It's in the back burner, but it's something that I've been working on for a while. And because like, especially if you've been a smoker for a long time, there's a lot of benefits that you can actually get from smoking herbs and there's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of people are like, Oh, but smoking is bad. I can understand the act of smoking mm. is bad. Yes. However, you know, if, if you're already a smoker and you're replacing it with something that actually has benefits when you inhale it, of course. And especially if you're rolling it in something like hemp paper or something that's mm -hmm. not, you know, bad, really, it's not the same. It's not as bad for you. Well, then you could see the benefits that way. Like I said, passion flower, especially, it was used so successfully in like the forties and fifties for helping people come off of cigarettes so well that they actually started to ban its use from smoking because they knew that they would remove the smokers from the industry. Cigarettes just as like, uh, almost like almost as bad as pharmaceuticals is like a, a you're talking about a billion, if not a trillion dollar industry, oh, cigarette. Huge, huge. And they could not bring in a natural product that would eliminate them. There's no way. Yeah. And Honestly, it's great though. Like sometimes, like, I mean, I sometimes still enjoy my CBD. I don't smoke marijuana itself, but I do enjoy like CBD mm -hmm. and same thing as an ex smoker. I love it. However, I don't get the same lung pains and stuff anymore. So you if you're smart about it, you don't right. get the same, I don't get the heavy coughs. You don't get any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes if I really feel like it, I'll throw in some Damiana, which is a powerful aphrodisiac. And it's, it's amazing. I love oh, it. Yeah. You enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a, it's a feel good herb. You know what I mean? For you can't sure. help it. Um, but there's so many, and you can even drink it. It's got the same benefits for sure. But there's honestly smoking herbs in certain forms, especially if you're a smoker and looking to yeah. come off of it. There's a lot of them and it's, it's, it's awesome. It's fantastic to learn about them and Absolutely. they don't get you high and stuff. So a lot of people are like worried about what are the effects? It doesn't make you high and you're not going to sit no. there and smoke an, an entire joint of it. Right. Mm. That's not the point. Right. Um, but there's benefits that can come from it for sure. So it's a great alternative for cigarettes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that, uh, you know, in regards to, you know, taking care of your, your mental health. Um, everybody knows this about me. I do mushrooms twice a year, but I don't do them to party ever. For me, it's not a, you it's not what? a party thing. I do mushrooms. So I'll do, okay. yeah, right. And what I do with those is I make sure that, you know, I'll take them and then, you know, I'll do all my, I, uh, no, no, I'll do like a full, you know, like gram and a half. Um, okay. but what I've I'll never do, tried it, so I don't know. Right. Okay. So what I use them for is not your typical party setting. I have no interest right. in, like an in, in the party. Um, so I do them twice a year. So the, the way I explain it is my brain is very busy. I'm a person that picture my brain is like a, a desk with a ton of papers and they're all over the place. And I'm constantly digging for information when I need it and it's all there. It's just not readily accessible. So 
twice a year I'll do mushrooms. Um, they take about anywhere from half an hour to 45 minutes to kick in. And, you know, what I'll do is uh, meditate, do all my breath work, and then do a guided meditation for like a couple hours. And it's basically like going through your brain, going through that desk and reorganizing everything in chronological order so that you can just, my, my capacity is, is good for like six months. Um, but in regards to smoking things, like, you know, the act of smoking, sure, it may not be great, but to get to these states, um, you know, to, to, to take care of your mental health, because your mental health is, is huge into your physical health. If you're not there mentally, your body just, right, it fills you. And you can use things like very high grade tobaccos to also oh, yeah. you can assist use, there's with natural the tobaccos that are fantastic. Yeah, 100%. Sure. So this is where, you know, I didn't mean to get into the tangent, but it just, it ties into, you know, whenever I'm doing mushrooms, I make sure that pre- like after I eat them in that half an hour window, I'll make sure that I do smoke a little bit of very natural tobacco because it just, it almost like, it helps you unwind. Whereas like when you smoke a cigarette, man, it really, you know, throws you up there and you think you're smoking it to calm down, but it's, it's physically not what's happening in your body. Right. Right. <laughs> right? It's a total. And that's, that, that was upper. me, right? I was smoking my stress away thinking that it's helping you and it's an addiction, right? You find that of escape. Course. Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing is, even though I've never actually tried shrooms myself, and the only reason I've never actually tried it is because I've had a very close cousin of mine that like really, really tripped out on it. And I was mm -hmm. just totally like, yeah, I'm just going to stay away from yeah. that. However, just like anything else made by nature, I think that everything has its purpose. Yeah. Do I think that microdosing on it can actually be beneficial to people that suffer from depression over mm -hmm. the medication? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 100%. Absolutely. However, anything, you know, overly abused or overly consumed Anything. has negative effects. And I always use the example of eat too many bananas and that too much potassium is not good water. for your body. Right. You drink right. too much Even water too much and water, drown you yourself. Drown your lungs. 100%. Right? So, so, yeah. And, and that's the thing, but it all has its benefits, just like natural tobacco. Even um, lobelia, for example, is one of my favorite herbs. It's a powerful herb, like to the point that like as an expectorant, like I'm talking about the mucus that it could remove from your lungs is insane. Wow. Obviously, if you take too much of it, it it's an it's an emetic. So you'll start to get nauseous and want to puke. But this is an herb that's also very hard to find now. They've tried to completely remove it because of how powerful it of course. is. Of course. And same thing with like natural tobacco and stuff like that. However, it's funny that they would remove that while cigarettes so. are completely legal. <laughs> it, it makes you wonder. I mean, everything... I think what people need to recognize is, is the, the simple philosophy of whatever the government tells you not to do, you should probably be implementing in your daily regimen, <laughs> right? Do, the, do just, the opposite of what they tell you to do. And that I always just time. follow the money, right? Because yeah. that's what it comes down to is why, and, and I'm always about pro-choice, but why are they giving you the option to be able, to be able to use something naturally? Well, it's because it doesn't, they can't make money off of it. They can't profit it. Yeah. So they don't want people to smoke natural substances, but right. they want them to buy their cigarettes or they don't want people to use natural healing herbs, but they want them to take their pharma pills. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very broken system. And only when you actually take a step back and say, let me ask some questions. Let me follow the money. Who came up with this? Who's profiting off of this? That's why I always right. say about like even COVID who's, who's profiting off of this, who's losing and who's gaining from this. When you start to even just ask yourself that simple question and you start following the path, yeah, it's it it, it answers itself. You can't oh, go back. Always, always. So on this topic, um, what were some of the or what are some of the red flags in regards to the pharmaceutical industry that really set you on a path of like, like, I mean, aside from, you know, your mother's incident 
there, there's obviously got to be more things so, where you're like, you know what, all yeah. this, like this just doesn't make sense. Like there has to be another way. What are some of those so, red flags you see? I suffered with anxiety for a very long time for years. And when I say very bad anxiety, I'm talking about like puking every single morning. Like I couldn't get out of bed oh, without puking. My, my stomach was overturned all the time. And it's funny, actually, this is when I first met my husband. So I was like, as if he's dealing with someone who's dealing with that. Um, <laughs> right. But um, all they kept trying to do is shove pills down my throat. Always. Yeah. Take these pills, take these pills. And I never did. Something inside of me was like, I don't want to. I don't want the pill. I'm trying to get to the root cause of the problem. What's the problem? Um, that was the first red flag. The second that, that was actually like a third red flag. One of the main ones is I took the HPV vaccine uh, without obviously knowing anything about it. And I got endometriosis. I oh. went through so many tests and everything like that. They weren't able to do anything and they just kind of left it. And eventually I want to say that I cured it myself, whether they're like, oh, it's incurable. Okay. Well, I don't have any more symptoms. I don't suffer from anymore. So I'm going to, I like to say right. that I cured it myself. Yeah. Um, another one was in 2010, I took the flu shot. The last probably the, I don't remember, maybe my first and last time, I don't remember ever taking it before then, but I voluntarily took the flu shot. And, uh, when I was there for a regular checkup and I ended up in the hospital, literally I had a sinus infection, an ear infection, a lung infection, and bronchitis all at the same time. I couldn't breathe. I felt like every airway was blocked and I could, I felt like I was suffocating. And that was my first time saying, so they told me to take this when I was going for my checkup, I ended up in the hospital, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, no one, like I'm saying, I think it was the flu shot. And they're like, no, 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 it wasn't there. So it was constantly little things where I felt like it was waking me up. And then my mother was really the eye opener to realize, hold on, right. I've been questioning this all along. And now they're pretty much leaving you to die. And my final, final, final one was when I decided to not get my son vaccinated. I trusted mommy's instincts. I told myself that I need to start doing a lot of research on it a week before his appointment. I I was that mom that was making jokes saying, I'm not taking them there until he's fully vaccinated because I knew nothing about it. Um, Thank God, God and his love for me and my child kept showing me premonitions that my son was not okay after. So this is one week before his two month appointment and the research started. My husband and I were just extensively researching, researching, researching. And what happened is when I decided to decline it, I was being bullied by my family doctor and I'm not one person to get bullied, but I still played very quiet because I didn't want her to, you know, take my aggression too much. I was very quiet. Let her just say, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait by his four month appointment when I had went in and I swear to you, Eric, I kid you not. And I'm I'm so happy. I heard it with my own ears because I always used to hear that they make money off of the pharmaceuticals, right? They get, they get incentives. They get incentives off of the vaccines. Mm -hmm. But something inside of me still said, I think it's different in Canada. I still kept saying it's, it's the U S it's a bit different in the U S I think yeah. Canada's different at the four month appointment. When I still refused the, the injections, um, I was done my appointment. I'm putting my son back in his car seat. The doctor left the office and it's like, she came back very, um, what's that word I was looking for? Very, um, like quick, like it uh, abruptly, yeah. very impulsive. It was a very oh. impulsive uh, reaction. She came back in and she quickly told me, I just want you to know because he's not getting the vaccines. I don't actually get paid for him. And right. I stopped okay. and I was like, what? And she's like, well, no, like it's like, she quickly regretted. And I was like, um, so you don't want me to come anymore. And she's like, no, no, I'm just saying that if you have to come for like a walk-in or something, you know, and I was like, don't worry, I won't. 
And I walked out and I just remember thinking to myself, I cannot believe I heard it with my own two ears. And even till now, there were some people that would argue and be like, no, that there's no way. And I was like, that's fine. You can sit here and deny it. She said it to me. I heard it myself where she's yeah. telling me that there's a monetary loss to her for me not vaccinating my son. And whatever that is, that was my final straw to say, your interest is not in my health or my son at all. It's a hundred percent for money, profit in your pocket. Oh, yeah. And it changed my perspective forever. And when I heard, I, I heard it myself, there's no middleman. It was doctor to my ear. That was it. And it changed forever from there. I said, I don't trust you guys. It's all about the money for you guys. Yeah, it a hundred percent is. And I mean, you know, I, I deal with the guilt now. Um, you know, I've always been like a very, very scientific guy. Um, you know, I wanted to be like a kinesiologist and I've been studying I want it. to be a quantum physicist. I get right. it. Right. I'm the same way, right? Like I've wanted to do this forever, but as of the last two years, it's it's been a very tough road because I've been I've been trying to you know, place this, this like dividing line in between, is it just medicine that, that they lie about or is science just inconclusive all the time? Right. So now it's kind of like, you know, when I hear all of the personal trainer buddies that I have and stuff still talk about, you know, all of their personal training and it's like, huh? Okay. Yeah. And I start thinking about everything I know and it's like, yeah, but if this isn't true, then how is this? And but why does it work even though the basis of which it's based on isn't true? So what's the other mechanism that makes that work, right? So I've really and lost- that's why I posted the other day saying, keep researching. When you think you found the answer, you found the truth, keep keep searching some more. No, for sure. And, and I completely agree. It's just that there's this very fine line now with, with everything. And, you know, I, I try not to, look, I'm not one of these like flat earther people's you know, but uh, there's a question that I raised to myself. That's always like, well, who's always told me that it's round, right? Um, NASA? I have no proof NASA, of that. Right? Why is that the sun lights up the earth, but it doesn't light up space, right? Like I ask myself all these questions now as of the last two years, because it's like, whoa, right? Like what else have we been lied to about? And I've been doing all this conspiracy theorist thing. I agree. Right. Yeah. Since I was 16, I'll be 32 right. going on 33. It's almost 17 years. I've been wearing my tinfoil hat. So, you know, all the, all the David Icke and the, you know, everything that I've listened to back in the day, and it's, you know, 80% of that's coming true. And the only 20%, I just haven't got into yet. Right. So it's like, that's right, it makes yeah. you really wonder. Um, and I think that it's good to question everything. Like, like 100%. I said, like now in history, I think they're now starting, like they've been teaching for a while, for example, that, oh, 9-11 was, yeah. you know, a, a group of 12, you know, terrorists that came in and caused the World Trade Centers to go down. And everyone else mm-hmm. is like, um, no. It's an inside job. Even honestly, even Hitler, people don't even recognize how much of that story was as completely complete, like backwards. Right. Yeah, and yeah. they've made him seem like the enemy and I'm not in any way, shape or form defending him. But when you actually look into the research behind it, you realize that he was just a pawn in their game. Of course. And they completely labeled it on him. Yeah. And this was a way to be able to, for example, take over a country like Palestine mm. and, and give, you know, certain Zionists land and stuff. Yeah. And I know this, it's always about a divide. And I mean, one of my best friends is Jewish, so there's nothing against, I don't think it's, when I say Israel and stuff like that, it's never against the Jews. This is, it's, it, that's wrong. But then there's Zionists and they're the ones that are completely 100%. extremists 100%. in what they do. And just like there's extremists in any religion, right? You always talk about places yeah. in yep. Saudi and things like that. But the point is, everything in history has been a lie to try to get them to do exactly what they want to do in terms of their right. agenda to take over land and everything. And 
Mm-hmm. You see it all right now happening, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at Bill Gates and all the farmland that him and all the elites have started to buy up. And then all I have to say to people is this whenever they say like, oh, you're wrong about what you're saying right now. I just look at them and I say, look, who's history written by? It's always written by the victor. Always. So, I well, mean. Yeah. <laughs> like if you look at the medical books right now, right? I, I made that video about the Rockefeller and you see yeah. that they, they create the textbooks now. The medical journals and everything is all created by them. Uh-oh. Is it real or is it manipulated? I'm sure it's not actual real science well, and information. And when you look into all of that, I mean, when, when you look at like the, you know, the, the Rockefellers and everything, like who, who created the actual medical institutions and got rid of terrain theory exactly. to begin with? That's who created exactly. germ theory, which was created on a lie, right? It all started out, I think, with milk and bacteria and milk. And they're like, nope, got to get rid of this bacteria with our petroleum products. Just like they say, and oh, you like... can't give the child honey before 12 months, before <laughs> yeah, 12 months old, but we can go and inject here. them with a bunch of toxins. And I'm just like, yeah, total BS. The only reason you don't want honey injected is because it's an antibacterial and it could fight, you know, yeah diseases and you know your your vaccines might not work very well if someone's taking honey you know that's that's exactly it so i mean let's uh let's actually branch off into this a little bit because this is a touchy subject and i've oh my god the the amount of people that have tried to tell me um you are not a doctor but the moment that happens i I just i just say no problem i'm happy to not be the fourth leading cause of death in the north america exactly a hundred percent but they say this thing about viruses now even like the flu vaccines people go get them because they think that there's this thing that's called the flu that goes around every year and they don't understand that these are simply just expressions of symptoms and every time there's been a so-called plague there's been like a quantum leap in radiation or technology of some sort or emf signal but then when you say 5g they're like oh here you go again and i'm like dude you do understand that crowd control right is used on these same frequencies where they'll blast the whole crowd and all of you hit the floor right so i mean because if your body's burning exactly so and and this is where i try to get people to understand listen i used to work in telecommunications for a company called telecon it's been years now so i I have no contract i can say them fuck you telecon Um, (laughs) so i used to go up these towers and i'd only be able to sit in front of one of the dishes for only seven minutes at a time and then i would start getting it could be midwinter and i would be pouring sweat my insides would be itchy like it was burning and I'd have to wear an RF meter on my chest. Now, these things were triangulating a signal. Oh, bro, I tell you with that Shanghai, I tell you, I got one too. Yeah. So it's it's like I'd have to wear an RF meter on my chest that would start going crazy after seven minutes and I'd have to move. And these things are triangulating a signal right between three points that travel kilometers and that's what it covers and you think that the people that are in that radius have no damage happening to them and that's the thing is people don't recognize that it's gradual right the damage is gradual it's happening on a cellular level so it's never something that you're going to notice right away Mm -hmm. it's going to start off by maybe you're getting headaches more often than you're used to. Maybe all of a sudden you're getting insomnia. You're feeling a lot more tired than you usually do. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're getting aches and pains. Maybe it turns into arthritis, right? So they don't recognize, turns into cancer over time. But because it's gradual, they'll never associate it with it. It actually works similar to the way the vaccines work. Because though there's some that are immediate effects, most of them are actually long-term effects, right? So for example, leukemia in children is skyrocketing and no one is noticing that it's correlated with, you know, all of a sudden so many more injections happening at a younger age. Um, but it's, I, I do believe like hundred percent radiation in itself, whether some people are like, Oh, 5g is no more dangerous than 4g. Okay. Let's, let's not call it anything. Let's just call it radiation exposure. Right. We, 
can admit that we are electromagnetic fields, right? Mm -hmm. We have electromagnetic fields as human beings. That's how we are, right? We mm -hmm. exist. The law, the law of the universe, the law of gravity, yep. all that exists. Right. We are, we are energy. We are mm -hmm. made of energy. That's how it is. Well, so is radiation. Radiation has a certain electromagnetic field. So you cannot deny that when you have a high frequency electromagnetic field that it can't intercept with your electromagnetic fields. There's mm -hmm. no denying that. And that's the best way that I like to explain it to say, you cannot deny that different frequencies could try to intercept within your body. Right. And at a high exposure, your body can start to really struggle to, to keep its, its higher frequency electromagnetic fields open. It starts penetrating through and it starts interrupting your body. And of when it course. interrupts the body, your body's no longer in harmony and balance. And it starts trying to fight and go into overdrive and you start getting these symptoms. So hundred mm percent -hmm. radiation has that exposure. And I know that firsthand because when I, January of last year, when um, maybe I caught COVID or whatever you want to call it, I got really, really sick. Both my son and I were really, really sick. So we caught something. Um, now, whether the whole germ and terrain theory, I don't want to get into that because I'm not hundred percent where I stand. I do believe that the germ theory is definitely made up based on everything that's happening now, but something, my son and I were in some form of toxemia mm -hmm. for our bodies to react that way for right. several days. But I had a lingering effect in my chest that I thought was a lung infection. And it carried on for months and months and months where I felt like something was sitting on my chest. And only then when, you know, me, when, when COVID actually happened, and then I started to t realize like, you know, 5G, does, is that correlated? What's going on? Did I, I bought an electric, uh, like a, a, um, EMF reader and everything went around yeah. my whole yeah. house to see what is the radioactivity like in my house? What is going on? And it was everywhere. Off Every smart device, even yep. my son's monitor was mm -hmm. beeping at an alarming rate above mm -hmm. his bed. And so what I did is I bought Greenway filters all over my house to at least protect the devices that I had plugged in. So mm -hmm. I'm talking about, I bought like 30 devices and plugged every unit from the smart TV to my husband's PS4, to the monitor, to everything. And all of those units stopped emitting EMF, EMF, EMF. And especially even the modem, the internet modem was at a scary, scary rate. And then I went to fiber optics. So I switched over to fiber optics from yeah. having like the 5G and stuff like that. Yeah. And that alone I want to say within two or three weeks, my chest was gone. Wow. My tight chest was gone. So even though people want to deny it, I was in belief that it was a lingering effect or something like that from a yeah. sickness. Yeah, yeah. But I 100% realized that it was all of the radiation exposure mm. because once I started to do all of that, my headaches went away. The tiredness and fatigue was starting to go of away. Course. And yep. then when you have obviously certain necklaces or bracelets and stuff like that mm -hmm. with ergonites and different, you know, things like that, um, you see the big difference. And yeah, I was huge. no, I was now protecting myself from having my electromagnetic field intercepted at such a high frequency. Yeah. And I mean, what I would like a lot more people, well, everybody who listens to this podcast, um, I want everybody to know to just look up how much, um, you know, electromagnetic current we are used to taking in as humans. Now there's something crazy, like every 20 seconds, there's like a couple hundred lightning strikes somewhere on, on planet earth. So we feel that and we're used to that since the beginning of time. And what people are neglecting is the fact that, look, maybe we can handle radiation. But the problem is, look, I'm only 32. I was in elementary school and we were using the first floppy disks and computers. And then, you know, it's only like, you know, what, 20 some odd years later. And we have fucking 5G, dude. Like we're launching 
Amazon's fucking CEO in a dick missile into space. Everyone's got not right? just their phone, and, and they've got iPhone, iPad, oh, iPhone insane. watches, and they're this and they're that, and the AirPods. Oh my God! Don't get me started on those. Dude, I, right? I can't. Anything. So I've had to stop I, I using mine. No um, I've here. had to stop using the because I just have uh, not AirPods, but uh, just just uh, Bluetooth headphones. But I will tell you, I have you, the Defender Shield headphones that are EMF protected. Yeah, and if you're going to use those, there's a couple options too. Like you can buy the acoustic headphones. The uh, mm-hmm. there's Air headphones also that that use like an Air stem as opposed to having that Bluetooth, um, you know, on your head. But I've noticed a huge difference, and I'll get like, you know, like a fluttering sound, almost like a helicopter in my ears sometimes. And I have to like, you know, hold my nose and blow in and kind of create pressure and open up the canal again. So I've stopped wearing those because they I've noticed within a couple of months, those things completely fucked my ears up. But yeah. uh, in regards to, you, you know, what I was saying before is we're only used to that small frequency, that just that minute bit of, you know, electrical current. And even that, you know, in abundance c- can harm you. Now we're doing something right now that if you do the measurements, it's crazy. Like the ground typically only has like 25 megahertz. And now you look at your modem and it's something like 825 billion, you know, whatever's coming out of there. And it's like, when did humans evolve? You know, we didn't evolve fast enough to accommodate any of this. So we have no idea that, you know, you're fine now while you're in your 20s, 30s. What happens when you're in your 50s and your body starts to show all these symptoms? Not just that infertility. People don't oh correlate it with infertility, right? If you ask our grandmothers, how would how many fertility centers were all around you? They said they didn't exist. Yeah, of course. Right. Of so course. there's obviously something that they're not a lot of people aren't recognizing that there's something in the system that's very broken for all of these. Why is it that only a hundred years ago when Rockefeller took over the medical system and all of these different things and not just Rockefeller you've got the Rothschilds and all these people that have kind of come in and taken over the the education system as a whole so whatever industry you're in they've taken over every aspect you could think of from health to food to water to resources to all of that to money right and not correlating how in the last hundred years if you have a great grandmother that's still alive you know god bless her soul ask her Mm. how was it then how was cancer? Was it as common? Did kids have autism? All of these things. You cannot tell me that all of this is all of a sudden not in any way, shape or form correlated to the changes that have just happened only in the last hundred years. Just in the last hundred years. There's no way. No, there's no way at all. You're, you're, (laughs) you couldn't be more bang on the money with that statement. And I mean, there's little things and I know people like to attribute it most, most of it to, oh, well, there's, birth control in the in the water and i'm like okay while that's a thing i mean you know it's almost like they found the most or the least important you know variable and then started to really politicize it to make you forget about everything else right just like they always do right they give you the curtain well all contributes it's not just one factor so i'm just going to plug in my laptop here i want to make sure it doesn't buy me um, it's never just one factor never multiple multiple they do it purposely so like you said it's the radiation it's the fluoridated water. It's the GMO now that's in the food. It's the, uh, you know, the fluoride in, in for everything from toothpaste to the water, to uh, chlorine in your water. And, and can you explain really quick what fluoride is for the people that don't understand where fluoride is derived from? Oh, I don't know where it's derived okay, from. Okay, so actually. fluoride actually I, comes from aluminum waste. So a, okay. fluoride is a waste product. I feel of- like I should have, I probably read that somewhere, but my mind did not absorb it. Um, 
but it's not anything that should be in your body. It's, no, it's literally never. poison to your body. Never. And even like all of these injections that, that, you know, kids get, like I'm guilty of giving, you know, my kids the first few doses um, until, you know, about two years ago when I started really looking into this and like, you know, I've, I haven't gotten anything since like the sixth grade because I, I said no to the hepatitis C shots. Haven't got one since. So for whatever reason, the last like five years, my doctor has been telling me, you need a booster, you need tetanus. And I have said, I don't want it. So Why? One of my I, favorite stories I love to share about tetanus is if I were to ask you right now, what, what, what do you need the tetanus shot for? What's something that could happen that potentially could get you tetanus and kill you? I'm curious. Oh, they, they, well, see, I know what's going on with tetanus. So uh, your typical person would say, oh my God, like my nervous system's going to shut down. I'm going to start no, no, shaking but I'm and saying what, what, what can cause tetanus? They say, oh, they say stupid shit, like rusty, like rusty nails nail. or like you step okay. on a nail or right? a cut. So right? for years, my family doc, well, she's no longer my family doctor, but my doctor was trying to say you're, you're, you're behind on your tetanus. You have to get it. You have to get it. You have to get it. Yeah. Well, what's ironic is I was at a park one time and decided to walk down the rocks towards where the water stream was. And I'm not kidding when I say I stepped on like a two to three inch nail that was so rusty, it was orange. I can't even tell you how mm -hmm. rusty it was. And it went right through my shoe into my foot so deep. And I just stood there for a good 10 seconds before I'm like, I don't know what to do. Do I pull my foot off of the snail right now? Or what am I supposed to do? And I, I just pulled my foot off and I was like, there's a huge hole in my foot right now because I literally stepped yep. right yep. through it and I never went to the hospital I literally disinfected it myself every single day multiple times a day <laughs> and my mom was even like you you probably have tetanus like this is no, what man. you can get it from and I'm like I'm gonna just keep disinfecting it I'm gonna take yeah. care of it. I'm gonna disinfect it 100%. my doctor was freaking out guess what it went away on its own I was totally fine yeah and, and if that's not the perfect example of something that's going to give you tetanus oh that <laughs> right? that is the poster child for tetanus because right? that's quite literally the example fine. they give you is a rusty fucking nail and yeah dude I'm a carpenter no by trade right yeah and and being a carpenter by trade I cut my hands like right now I have probably a thousand little micro cuts on my hands a couple big ones all of them come from rusty nails, rusty steel, all kinds of shit. And you know what? Quite honestly, for 99.9% .9 of these, I don't even disinfect them unless there's blood drawn, right? Like it. That's right. Yeah. And it's like but the point is, is they make you, they, they build such a narrative that 100%. it's hard to deny yeah. it unless you've probably lived through it. Like I, mm -hmm. a part of me was kind of a little bit scared about, oh my God, it's tennis. I'm going to get a shot, blah, blah, blah. Of but at, at the time, I didn't know much about it. But at the same time, I was leaving on a trip and I'm like, I don't have time to go to the hospital. Yeah, I'm going on a trip. Yeah. I'm going to go to Cuba. I want to do this. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And I, I, that's it. I forgot about it. And then it, it cured itself. So the point is, is they sell you such a narrative oh, and they instill so much fear in you yeah. that you're like, I'm really scared. I'd rather save myself and take whatever they're telling me to do to save myself, right? Which is history. Take this medication to stop, for example, cholesterol, right? This is the biggest right. scam. Statin drugs are the oh biggest scam to man. It's like you have a perfectly healthy fit man who will go into a, a checkup, which checkups shouldn't even have to happen if you're feeling healthy, Yeah, you, you know? And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, your cholesterol is high. By the way, you need this medication. Oh because my if God. not, you can have heart disease or you can have a stroke at a young age. <laughs> it's so Meanwhile, statin drugs, statin drug side effects are heart disease or stroke. So the right. exact thing that you're looking to prevent could be caused by the same drugs that you're taking. Yes. Yeah. Cholesterol is the biggest hoax ever. And in fact, cholesterol 
healthier version of cholesterol is actually healthy for you. Oh, and right. higher yeah. cholesterol at a healthy levels is actually healthy for preventing Alzheimer's and so many other illnesses oh once you're older. Absolutely. So everything that they're literally, like you said, teaching you, do the opposite if they're like you know it's 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 insane and it's i think it's crimes against humanity how people don't recognize oh, it a hundred percent and and we could go on about this for hours but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna kind of touch on this briefly with something like cholesterol it drives me fucking nuts because my old my doctor tried to tell me the same thing because i eat lots of eggs especially when i'm bulking but she just says the word cholesterol i'm like okay so what's my levels of hdl and what's my levels of ldl exactly. because there's two very different kinds right there's like same with my dad like my dad has high cholesterol and he has high cholesterol because he smokes cigarettes so i told him listen all of your other markers, your testosterone's way down. You really need to start eating more red meat. And he says, naturally, by default, oh, but my cholesterol will get higher. I'm like, yes, but you're going to be lowering the, the right bad ways. cholesterol. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to, right? So they did the same thing with salt. Our oh, parents well, should, are, the, are the, the most brain, like if you ask every, almost every man in our parents' generation are all, the men are all on cholesterol medication. Dude, all and- and not even that, I mean, with this whole, we, let's touch on this very briefly. So with the whole COVID-19 ver- uh, narrative, you know, my, my dad is the same thing. He just sits at home, virtually unaffected, retired, watches the news, just sits there, you know, talked about how he was such a badass for his whole life and then just fucking followed the herd. So um, right? yeah. at what point did you realize that this was complete and utter horseshit? And, uh, you know, how do you deal with that? For me, it was as soon as the two weeks of flattening the curve mm-hmm. continued, I just knew. I did my first video last year, April 11th, I think it was, my very first video. Um, and I remember the backlash that I got and I was like, I don't care. And it was just a video saying, you think this is about your health? If your government cared about your health, they wouldn't have fluoride in your water. If the government cared about your health, they wouldn't have you know cigarettes at the corner of every single street. If they cared about your health, they wouldn't have you know, GMO in your food. And I just, and I, this is stuff that I had known way before COVID because it used to expose a lot of that, you know, stuff that was broken in the system. So right after the two weeks of flattening the curve, I was like, this is not about our health. This is hundred percent about control. Um, and it just really started from there. Like it correlated to the knowledge that I had from my son's vaccinations, you know, you know, and the experiment with the doctors to the corruption behind pharma, especially as an herbalist, you see how much the FDA and, and they try to suppress natural healing and herbal medicine. And when you see that you're like, but why, why can't someone be given the option to be able to choose? And I said this, you know, last night on a live that I was doing too, where it's 80% of the world outside of the Western world actually goes to herbal medicine as their first source of medicine. Yeah. But the Western world is completely corrupted and completely away from, from that altogether. But as soon as COVID within the two weeks of flattening the curve, I was already super aware of exactly what was going on. Absolutely. And, and like, again, my son had, uh, he had, I, and I can confidently now say had asthma, um, you know, so, so we kind of, you know, took it a little more seriously for the first, I don't know, maybe month and a half. And then I was just kind of like, but none of these fucking measures make sense. So you want me to stay inside Right. And at the time I was living in an apartment building. So I'm like, you want me to stay in here and share the air with a whole bunch of people in the same fucking building and tell me that no, outside is the problem. Is dangerous. So yeah. um, th- there's no, no, like, no, um, I don't see anybody dropping dead on the street. Um, I don't see, you know, the, the hospitals like, you know, my wife works in the hospital and I'm like, but there's 
they're, they're not packed, right? Like everything's fine. Um, you know, she kind of had the, the narrative hit her a little harder because she does work in the hospital. They were super right. frantic. So, you know, it, it got to her mentally. Right. Right. Um, but she she snapped out of that pretty quick. And uh, she, now she's just a badass. Like you put a mask on her. Good luck. Um, <laughs> but it's you know, it was one of those things that uh, I, I'm really glad that we did have people like you in the beginning that originally came out and said it the exact way that people needed to hear it was like, if you really think that this is about your health, why did they close the gyms? Why did they, they did everything that is counterproductive. That's the thing. Like, Oh, vitamin D. Like there was, there was people tend to forget that first they ran the biggest, you know, hoax of having a video of people just dropping dead for no reason in the streets that never happened. But not just that you had people actually getting fined for walking their dog in the park and God forbid they sat on the bench instead of just walking through the park or a father in Ottawa got a fine here where I am because he was in an empty underground parking garage with his autistic son skateboarding. Yeah. We had someone like that. uh, Right. So is that about you? You mean to tell me that this is about your health getting vitamin D that is actually proven to fight infections and diseases and viruses and all of those things, if they exist, you know, but don't go outside, stay in your house in recycled air, breathing the same air, live in fear, no vitamin D and you are safe that way. Oh, by the way, throw fear in there and see how good that is oh, for you. Oh man. And that's that's the pandemic right there what you just said. Fear is the pandemic. And honestly it right right now yeah. at, at this point, you know, with them saying that, you know, oh my god, the the delta variant, the lambda variant soon delta it's going to plus. Right, and, and now soon it's going to be the, the 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 variant with the laser beams coming out of its eyeballs variant, right? Like, dude, Look, the Delta variant, if you really want to look into the numbers, has like a 0.001%. It's the weakest thing we've ever seen. So it's it's just so stupid that it's like, okay, look, if you're one of those that goes by numbers, even that doesn't make sense. So you're telling me that in the United States alone, right? Not even Canada, but let's just talk about the states for a minute. Every other border is being forced to be closed, but the one that's letting in millions of people right now. So, so the southern border is okay to be open and they'll just shove in like 100 million people and say, no, no, but there's a virus stay in your home. We're going to lock you down, but the people can come from over there by the fucking busload. No problem. And I'm like, you guys aren't seeing any of this, right? So uh-huh. it's it's just one of those things that uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm over it. I've been over it. But now it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to ask. Well, me, I think here's the thing I always say, like, obviously, we, I think it's our last wave coming and we know that. And that's just because it's a regular flu season and the right. people that have been injected are probably likely yep. to get sick. But then after that, it's they're not going to pandemics last pandemics last two years. So they're not going to be able to continue it further. However, I'm I'm just guessing this is when the climate change hoax is going to work its way in. That's why the lockdowns Especially were tested, right? especially when you see the fires that are happening everywhere and the floods and the this and the that. And we know that they have the ability of doing that through man as well. Oh but my I God. Think that's the narrative <laughs> as well. And the people that think that they don't look up Abu Dhabi and what they do there with the rain. <laughs> look up park. Oh, for sure. For sure. But that's getting a little like too far for people. So I tell them, look, if you look at Abu Dhabi, they quite literally make it rain so that it can you know right. actually have water there because it's a place with like no rain so it's 
they're doing that and you guys don't think that that can happen and you all of a sudden there's fires well, the everywhere. reason why i say harp is because just research that the machine the device once mm-hmm. you actually realize that that there's something like that that exists that could affect the world you could just yeah. do one little thing a vibration that can cause a tsunami but you're right you've got countries that can make it rain and do yeah. all of those different things that they right. really wanted to Obviously, that's not good. So if you want to talk about climate change, while they have the ability of manipulating weather and working Bingo. against God and nature, Bingo. it's going to have some catastrophic effects. So, I mean, when it comes to harp, that's something that typically I start people off with the places that, you know, they, they make it rain in and they do it for the environment. So people are like, oh, wow, let's look into this. Right. And then I'm like, cool. So now do you know how that happens? Okay, it's called harp, right. right. And what it is, is they bounce this little signal off the ionosphere. Right. And shit hits the fan when they do that so it's something that definitely shouldn't be done you're, you're, you're um, breaking with nature you're, you're tapping into nature and trying to should, shift it it's it's right ability. we should it's, never it's dangerous it's dangerous never. Ground. yeah you're and, playing the act of god and that's never good oh my god it's and, and that's what it comes to right it's like even with the synthetic immune system you're trying to give yourself right now like it will never trump the natural immune system if you simply take care of the body um so i actually have a question for you what was it like to speak to David Icke? Um, on multiple occasions, right? Because we also have yeah. him on the Freedom yeah, yeah. Organization. Um, he's, he's a fantastic person. I like him because I know there's a lot of people that even are like, oh, I think he's controlled opposition. I'm not here nah, to man. decipher on really who's controlled opposition or not. I don't care. But he's been someone that has been speaking out for many, many years mm. from the inside, sharing about what's going on. So I loved having the conversation with him. I think him and his son, Gareth, are fantastic. Um, It was a very humbling experience just being able to have that conversation with him on multiple occasions where, you know, this is someone that was ridiculed for so many years, but everything that he's been saying has been happening. It's been manifesting itself. Um, But I like him especially because it's always about just, you know, not complying, you know, not acquiescing, like he says. And it's about saying, as long as you're not living in fear and they're not tapping into your high frequency, there's only so much that they can do. So don't fall into that. hundred percent. And, and now more than ever, I'm really understanding that concept. And that's why now I'm like, I don't even care to fight the narrative anymore. And I'm not going to sit here and keep throwing it at everybody to say, this is what's going to happen. This Mm -hmm. is what's going to happen because I'm manifesting that too. It's like, let it go. Don't live in fear. Learn to live. And naturally it's just, it's going to pass. It will, because I always say God is the ultimate of planners. Now, do I agree with every perspective of David's? Unfortunately not. And that's because I don't know how much of a believer in God he is. And obviously, you know, me, I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I, you know, everything right. from about faith, everything comes from God. However, that's okay. He also refers to the infinite one, which to me is another word for God. So, right. you know, there's, there's different, you know, variations of that, but definitely a humbling experience. I think he's fantastic. And when we had him on our panel with Dr. Buttar, that combination was was really ecstatic in, in terms of the just the conversations that were happening. I felt like it was super, super powerful and humbling to be able to, to sit with them and discuss life events and, and all of that. Yeah. So Yeah, because I mean he he's one of those guys where um now I'm not trying to like draw comparisons between two people because you know both him and Alex Jones have both had, you know, their moments and their ups and their downs and whatnot. Um, now I do, I am drawn a lot more to David than I am someone who just yells like this and tells you what to do all the time. Right. I don't know how I feel about Alex Jones. Right. So however, there's, there's a lot of shit that Alex has said too, that, you know, 
there's a lot that's been bullshit, but there's a lot that has come true. So all I'm trying to say is, mm-hmm. man, they were ridiculed the same way truthers are now. So, I mean, regardless whether you agree, look, I've never met a person in my life that I've agreed, that I've agreed with 100% of the time. But, but you here's cannot the thing. So- deny that David has been right about a lot of what he said. However, you don't need to agree with the, the perspectives Right, like well, you the said. only reason I'm saying that is some people say about David is because they say that he used to be a Freemason. He's got pictures where he's doing this and things like that. But like I said, whatever. There's always going to be controlled opposition. I don't put Alex and David in the same wavelength because I think they're right. a little bit different. Right. You know, because whether I think Alex or not is you know what they call a shill. I don't know for sure. Right. right. But at the same time, controlled opposition is. I'm telling you two truths and a lie and you're not going to know that the lie is a lie type of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of how they reel you in. But at the same time, just like people all fell right. for the Q movement and fell for Trump when he is the savior because look, he's speaking out against vaccines and all this. This is what they do. They win people over by throwing in a couple of pieces of truth so that you're not really seeing what's going yeah. on in the background. Yeah. No. And it's one of those things, right. Where again, and- uh, that's why I say I gravitate a lot more towards David. Um, but he's also not, a, he's not, a, they've been silencing him. So that's where you're going to notice too. Alex Jones oh, has got a like massive platform exactly. and everyone's aware. He's not completely shut down. And if you're still famous and not right. shut down, I'm going to question you a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Especially at this point in time where he's exactly. still screaming at a yeah. camera and, you know, he's always like, yeah, it's just one of those things where like, you know, throughout the, the, you know, 17 years, there's been a lot of things where Alex has said some shit and whether what he said or not has been, you know, fully correct. It's put me on a path to look into something more, which has led me in the correct direction. So I still give him his kudos. Um, now as for David, I still listen to David, right? So it's kind of like, it just, it shows you that there's like, you know, as I've grown as an individual and become more intelligent and, and, and learned more and, you know, can really learn what information to discern and what not to David is still somebody that I can listen to. Now, do I agree with everything? Hell no, but I don't need to, because if you actually look at it, you're right. And I love that. It's true. You don't have to agree with everything that someone says, but is he an intelligent man? Would I love to sit there with him? Dude, I'd sit there and talk his fucking ear off for three days straight. Right. Right. (laughs) Just asking questions, picking his brain. Um, You know, it's just one of those things where I I can appreciate this guy who has gone through so much ridicule and countries have shut him down from getting in there. And like, dude, now he's being censored more than ever. So, you know, Kudos, kudos to fucking David Ike, man. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, he's um, great. So in wrapping this up, um, I actually have a question that I've started to ask all of the people that come onto the podcast. Now, so Tanya the Herbalist walks up to a door and she opens it. And behind that door is her version of the post-COVID world. What does that look like? An actual revolution. Hmm. For me... When you say post-COVID, I'm going to tie it into the uprising. And I know that this is a little bit deep for some people, but I'm going to tie it into the uprising because this is a prophecy that has been written for a very long time. And when I think about post-COVID and post what their next, you know, invasions are going to be trying to come up with, it's going to be, I think, peace on earth never known before. It is going to get, I think, a little bit uglier before that's going to happen but it's going to be something never known before. So when people want to get back to normal, like I said, I was speaking out against this stuff even pre COVID. So that wasn't a normal that I wanted. 
I used to go to sleep crying so many nights, just knowing about all the people that are getting the children vaccinated and doing all of these different things, not realizing how they're destroying themselves and their future and their kids and the infertility issues and all of that. This is not a normal life that I wanted to live in, live in at all. And this has been happening for over a hundred years. So if it took COVID to wake people up to all of the corruption that was happening to bring about justice and bring a new normal that's actually needed in a sense of going back to our roots, going back to almost like a stone age, if we have to, of living and, you know, hunting your own food and foraging your own food and getting your own water supplies and being with your family and your community without the, you know, technology and everything, then so be it. I think that's a beautiful life. I love technology. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It makes life easier and everything. However, we have come so far away from our natural instincts that we are almost, we are becoming transhumanisms, transhumans, right? So, which is ideally what they wanted. Um, So I think that post COVID in, in a real life revolution. So maybe the next 10 years, 20, 30, max 50 years, I don't think it's going to be more than that. We're going to have peace on earth never known before, but that's going to look very different from, from what we think happiness looks like. Absolutely. That's a, that's an amazing answer that man could have led into like, you know, 10 more conversations there. But um, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that uh, the, the place that we've been put in, um, you know, everything from the way we view each other as humans, all because of, you know, differences in opinion or, or our skin colors. And, you know, I've read a lot of philosophy um, and I believe it was Marcus Aurelius that said, uh, you know, that eventually humans will become very sure of themselves and complacency is death. Right. So it's one of those things that's like we have, we have like we've come to a place where if if you and I differ in an opinion, not you and I in particular, because we're right. adults. Um, but, you know, typically when you speak to people about anything, they feel so strongly one way. And if you try to tell they're them that, that, that there is another, you know, something out there and we can discuss it and find a common ground, that common ground is just non-existent. And um, all of this was all by design. So, uh, you know, I, I think the common theme when I ask that answer is people saying that it looks peaceful. So I think everybody understands that we're going to, you know, get back to our roots and respecting each other and, you know, get back to uh, the human experience, not the trans human experience. Exactly. So That's exactly anyways, right. I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and I would uh, love to do this again in the near future. Of course. And no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. Yeah. Later. Thanks for tuning into the Freedom Frontline podcast. You can reach me on Instagram at fr33domfr0ntline. That's Freedom Frontline on Instagram. You can also reach Tanya the Herbalist at Tanya the Herbalist on Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. This is the Freedom Frontline podcast.